0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Intuitive Activist podcast. I'm Leilani, your host, and today we are joined with the incredibly divine Dee Latrice. Dee is based out of Connecticut, and she is a coach, speaker, and master storyteller, and you'll see that right away as we dive into this episode. Through her coaching methodology, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, she helps clients to free themselves by taking ownership of their personal story with compassion, courage, and clarity. And when I think of Dee, I very quickly go to this notion of the universal yes. She talks a bit about this in the episode, but basically how would your life change if you said yes to the universe when things were for you? We dive all up in that topic in this episode and Also begin to embrace the complexity of when to say no in service of the universal yes. And what types of sacrifices are required in order to continue to say yes, universally. It's such an honor to have Dee here today, and I cannot wait for you to dive into this episode. But for now, grab your cozy spot or your walk or... Whatever you need to sink into this episode with Dee Latrice. Dee, Dee, welcome to the show. How are you, dear one? Ugh.
1: I am well, and I am so excited to get an opportunity to speak with you and your listeners and just to be a part of this amazing work that you do.
0: Uh, so we just took a moment to talk about all of the abundance that flowed your way this week and universally saying yes. And before we yes. dive into all of that richness, tell the listeners, who are you? What is your big work here? And how do you source from your intuition to do all of that?
1: Wow. Wow. So I am D. Latrice. I am a life coach, or I actually think my, of myself more as a gifted doula. I kind of help you birth who you already oh my are.
0: gosh, I love that.
1: I am also a motivational speaker and a master storyteller. I'm also a, a child in awe of what God is doing at this season in time and space. I am just dazzled by the work that he's performing, not only in my life, because I don't think that the abundance that you mentioned is happening just for me. I mean, it is, but I think it's happening through me because he knows that I am obedient and I will tell the story and let everyone know that while we are all special, none of us are unique. And so anything Mm. that is happening in my world by following simple principles can happen in anyone's world. Like it's, it's the same source. It's, it's not like I have a unique or different source. Mm -hmm. It's the same abundance. It is the same love. It is the same mercy and it is the same grace that's available to everyone.
0: Oh my gosh. There's so much there, but what I, where I went with that in my mind is that you are quite literally a model to all of us in terms of what it means to really rely on the signs that come through, relying on the yeses and all of that. And what's beautiful about what you just said is I see you as somebody who was gifted with this amazing storyteller gift you have the opportunity to share your wisdom and and the wisdom that's really flowed through you, right? The divine wisdom with, with others, not just those who you coach, but also with the world. I mean, this is a way for you to just tell people the way it can be and the way it can look. And so I think it's really beautiful how Source has not only given you the gift as a, a gift doula, (laughs) which is so incredible. (laughs) And I want to know more about that, but that also gave you a voice to amplify the ways in which that, that works. So it's, I'm just sitting here thinking, I want to talk a little bit about your week and the universal yes. And yes. And just, I mean, I I just, I kind of want to just sit back and let you pour into us because you have so much to share. So where do you want to start, dear?
1: We can start with universal, yes, but I think this last seven days has also illustrated the power of no. Mm. So Leilani, I was telling you about in my day job, I am an IT operations director for a Fortune 100 company here on the East Coast and have for quite some time been so focused on coaching, developing, grooming, and keeping happy a team of very new in their career employees that it wasn't until last fall that someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, every time we talk about growth and development, you're speaking about someone else and I haven't heard you talk about how you wanna grow. And I kind of went, oh, snap, that's right. (laughs) I'm on this journey too. I get to grow as well. And this individual started connecting me with certain people within the organization, including the chief information officer for the place where I work. And it was through the series of a couple just chats, how are you doing? How's everything going? How are the kids? That um, I was made aware of an opportunity in the cybersecurity organization, that sounded perfect, sounded wonderful. And everyone along the way who was hearing about the opportunity kept going, um, oh, you're shoe in oh, they want you, oh, you'll, you'll get the job, it'll be no problem. And I didn't ever have that certainty. What I did know is if they selected someone else, then that wasn't what God had in mind. So Tuesday of last week, I get a call from the chief information officer for the organization who is actually sits four levels above me. So to get get a call from her, like you drop everything, you answer the phone. And she said, we decided to go in a different direction. There's been a young man who's been filling in and doing that role without the title or the compensation. And we made the decision to give him the job to honor his growth. And I said, you are absolutely right. I support that 100%. And she said, but we still really want you. We still want you to come. So what about this job? And I said, nah, that's not something I wanna do. And she said, okay, well, what if you work on the team that you were gonna be leading? What do you think about that? And at first I was like, yeah, maybe. And she and I hung up the call And then I wrote her a quick note. I said, you know, on second thought, that's not really what I had in mind. It impacts my future earning potential. It's not something that I want to do. So thank you, but no thank you. And I was so at peace in that place, right? Because I knew God was doing something. I wasn't going to allow myself to get tripped on controlling what the something looked like. So when I gave her the nice little note saying, thank you, no thank you she actually sent me a note and said, can I call you right now? Which I did. So she calls me back and she says, okay, so tell me again what you do. She said, you're change management certified. She starts listing all these things that I do that are outside of my normal job. And she said, what if I just build that job for you? And I'm thinking you can do that. You. Can- Well, yeah, it's always a good sign. You sit next to the people who are next to the people. So I guess you do have the authority to make the job. Okay.
0: (laughs) And We like to tell ourselves that I don't, that that's not possible. How many times have we, have we We, told ourselves, well, the job doesn't exist. So, but somebody has the power to do that.
1: And if it's yours, they will make it for you. If I've learned Mm -hmm. nothing else. So she calls me back two hours later. She said, we built the job. Here's what it will entail. Are you interested? She said, you don't even have to interview for the job. We'll just move you into it as a promotion. Are you interested? And I said, yes, I'm excited to see the offer, right? Because I still want to be compensated. Um, And she said, Okay, and then she said the most powerful piece of coaching advice that I've ever gotten in corporate America ever. She said, thank you for saying no. Thank you for not settling. Mm. Because you had the courage not to settle, not only did you get what you want, but you're actually filling a position that we need that we had never made room for before. Mm. So then I was out for a day, a a day later, I come in, I'm speaking with the young lady that I will now be reporting into. And I had, you know how we do, you get to power pose and women in corporate and I know how much money I'm worth and this is what I'm going to ask for. I was ready to negotiate. Mm -hmm. The woman made me an offer that Mm -hmm. was more than what I was prepared to negotiate for. Mm. And I was like, hmm, that seems amenable. I like that. We can we can do that. Oh, yes, I accept. Trying to play Mm -hmm. it cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I can mm, that sounds mm -hmm. I'll do that. Feels appropriate. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) The the other interesting thing, when we talk about being in full ownership, two other things happen. The first person that I sent a text to is my daughter, who is 14 years old. And I said, hey. Mommy didn't get the job. She got a better job. And her response was, yay. Just Y-A-Y in the text message, period. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of bummed out that she wasn't as elated about this experience as I was. And I said, you don't seem very excited. And she said, mom, you deserve it. Why would I be surprised? Mm -hmm. So setting an expectation that dreams are attainable for your children, right? Mm -hmm. The very next text that I sent was to my ex-husband. And I said, I got the job, college is paid for. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So the power of me owning who I was in that moment created a job, got me more money than I was anticipating, took some of the weight off my, myself and my ex-husband on how we were gonna to afford to pay for my daughter to go through college. Mm. It now means that she will have college paid for without financial debt on the other end. So literally I just impacted how my daughter can now show up in her adult life mm. as I'm sitting back over here in 2021. Mm. Because I said no to something that wasn't what I wanted.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm just filled with goosebumps right now because uh, because this, this podcast is also about activism. And when I think about your ability to say no, to get to the yes, that is for you. Mm-hmm. I think of your ability to create generational wealth for yes. your daughter. I'm thinking yes. about how that not only frees you and your co-parent up to, to be able to imagine something that's that you didn't maybe think was possible, but it also frees your daughter up to make choices that free her up as well. Like I just keep thinking liberation and freedom and everything it's that you're saying. It's so
1: interesting that you say that. I was talking to a mentor before this program and I said my daughter is now a decade earlier in buying a home
0: and that's huge. huge huge i just like i i my my words caught in my throat because my body filled again with that like divine sensation of we don't talk enough about home ownership and the ways that owning anything, but really owning our own land, our, uh, our, our homes, how that creates such, again, like I just keep thinking liberation.
1: You're absolutely right. So my daughter happens to be an only child for both myself and her father. That means she's coming out of college with no debt. So she is closer to buying her own home. That means if she makes the decision to become a mother, Now, my grandchildren are sitting on my property, the home that I own, plus the home that her father owns. Mm -hmm. Then my daughter's home goes to my great-grandchildren. Do you see what I'm saying? Just just in one decision. Just in one decision. And the interesting thing was, I'm feeling this right now as I'm speaking it through, it had come up earlier this year that it was, my, my daughter's 14, we're getting close to it's college time and what were we going to do? And the angst that surrounds that. But I was always very clear that God was going to make provision for us to keep her debt free and going through college. And I didn't know how, because the savings account didn't look like that. And the 529 didn't look like does. that. Never does. No.
0: We never get to know how. <laughs>
1: We just show up, just show up. But I I was certain that God meant for her to come through college with no debt. And you know what, how he was prepared to do it, I decided was not my business. I'm not in the business of micromanaging God.
0: Say that again.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I am not (laughs) in the business of micromanaging God. You do gentle spirit what you feel necessary to do that's not my business anytime i start feeling angst or worry or nervous i know that i'm peeking over at god's paper that's not my business Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. and i have to remind myself you are minding god's business stop being nosy go do the stuff that he told you to do you got enough of that <laughs> uh-huh. Focus uh-huh. on the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. Let God handle the rest. And when I really get into focusing on what he is asking me to do, which is to speak life into his people. Mm. Not, it's bigger than he's opening doors. He's removing doors. It is like an empty hallway and I'm just running, running in utter bliss and joy. And the whole time, because I'm in my lane and I'm doing what he called me to do, the peace and the fulfillment and the calm and and the joy Mm. that I'm experiencing in my life. I I was telling you before um, we began recording that... What is happening in my life is not because I am unique. It is not because I have some special hotline like a back phone to get to the Lord that no one else has. It really isn't. He is blessing me because he knows I have a passion for storytelling and that anything he does in my life, not only do I share it with other people, but I share the lesson that he was trying to teach me, which other people can then apply to their very own lives, Mm. right? Do you have the faith to say no to settling? Mm. Do you trust him enough that if you say no to what's not it, that what he has for you is bigger than what you imagined?
0: Oh, D, I, I feel like this episode was for me (laughs) again (laughs) and, and for our listeners. So we recorded what we thought was the podcast episode last week and, and source was like, nah, that ain't it. Like it just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't. And we both know it was recorded, but it just, it wasn't there. And so I am sure it's because this is the message that people need to hear. And on my run this morning, I was just, I, I converse with source all the mm-hmm. time. I'm a channel. So I get, I get messages and I, I have conversations and my listeners all know that. And this morning I was having this conversation about sacrifice
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the sacrifice that's required in order to say yes. Mm-hmm. And, and I was kind of, I was kind of having a bit of a heated debate with the source, which never turns out well for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was like, I don't want to have, I don't want anyone or any, you know, entity, whatever to have to sacrifice anything to, to like move into what is, is their right path. Right. I don't, I don't want people around me to feel like they have to sacrifice anything to like move into their truth and move into their divine path. And Source was like, you know better than anybody, Leilani, that sacrifice is required in order to step onto your divine path. Let,
1: let me let me say might, this.
0: Yeah, right? please.
1: Because what your listeners don't know about me is about nine years ago, actually 10 years ago, um I was married um I was working a different job I was addicted to alcohol but from the outside looking in we had the things and the stuff right um very good looking husband tall well educated we were doing well financially beautiful house big house and this bright cherub like little daughter and I was miserable and I knew, I, I will say this I knew for years before I left that I needed to leave. And I didn't know at that time that what I was being asked to release was never really mine in the first place. Mm. I had built my life on the image, the recipe that I had laid out, you know, get find a good man, get married, get a good job, get a house, have some kids, right? And never during any of that time of planning and gathering and piecing together this facade of a life did I stop to ask God if this is what he had in mind. Right. So... For me, the sacrifice was, I had to give up the image of a good life to get a good life.
0: And to get the life that was meant for you when you, when you chose to be here.
1: Yes, Mm. yes. Because anything that was truly mine is still here with me, Mm. right? So the relationship that I have with my daughter Mm -hmm. who is 14 and Friday night said to me, her mother, let's have a sleepover, sleep on the sofa, watch corny movies until we fall asleep. That's my teenager who wants to do that with me. Mm. So that hasn't changed. For the first time since we got divorced nine years ago, I got a text message from my co-parent that said, Happy Mother's Day to an extraordinary woman who is the most wonderful example for our daughter. Ugh. Keep up the good work. Oh. So the love and respect of that guy that I met all those years ago, thats that hasn't been sacrificed. Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed. It's, it's in a new shape. It's in a new dimension. But the thing that drew us together in the first place, which was love, is still there, mm. right? So I think, if we can find a way to trust that what is ours will remain with us, even if it looks different than what we originally had in mind, then it sort of beats back a little bit of that angst and worry we have around what we have to give up Mm. to be who we are.
0: Uh, I obviously we've talked about, this is what we talked about in the first podcast episode is that about seven months ago, I separated from my husband and we're now like, we just signed papers and we're going through the process of divorce. And what I hear and what you're saying, well, I also our our journeys marry each other because I have an incredible relationship with my ex and
1: mm-hmm.
0: we are wonderful co-parents and thoughtful. I mean, we just switched days, you know, this week and he's like, yeah, no problem. I mean, there are so many people that I know that don't have that mutual respect and mm-hmm. shared dignity and just, the, and the love, I mean, the love is still there. It just looks different. Yeah, We mm-hmm. are great friends. And I, it's it, what I hear you saying in terms of what is needed for us to let go of what we need to let go of in service of living into the plan that we co-created with source with God, when Mm -hmm. we chose to come here, when we chose to be here at this particular point in history, what we give up is not actually what is in the moment, because what's in the moment is that love, that respect, that Shared value of wanting our son to thrive like none of that was actually given up what was given up was what we thought things should look like what was given up was the future. Yes. and and this this ideation this fantasy of what it's supposed to look like so it just it makes me think of something i've been contemplating all weekend, which is like the present moment is all that exists. Yes. So if we can actually drop down and say yes to what source is wanting us to move forward with, and the information is all in the present moment, it means that we have to let go of all of the ways in which we think it's supposed to look.
1: Absolutely. And, so and that's what I'm hearing. Are we humble enough to except that perhaps what we had in mind wasn't what God had in mind. Right. The biggest, most wonderful, most incredibly liberating moments in my life were when I realized, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> I'm always wrong. There, was, <laughs> there, there was literally a point in my life where I thought I can't quit drinking. I can't stop drinking. What happened? Mm. Like, if I stop drinking, my handshake. How am I going to cope with this? I stopped drinking at a point where I was separating from my husband. I quit smoking. Like, how can I do all of this at the same time? I have no coping skills. And I did it a day at a time. Mm.
0: Probably <laughs> for the last nine and a half years. A moment at a time. A
1: I was going to say in in recovery, we say one day at a time. Sometimes it's every 15 minutes you're reminding yourself. Mm -hmm. Nope. I'm just going to get through this 15 minutes and we'll see what the next 15 minute holds, you know? Um, So if what I learned about my coping skills that I didn't have coping skills was wrong, I did have them. I was just underutilizing them. Then what, about what I know about love that is causing me pain could be wrong. And what, it is, what is it that I know about women in corporate America that's causing me pain that might be wrong? The, the lie that I told myself is that Black women in corporate America, especially in the old company where I work, are criticized, we are forced to conform, and we are undervalued.
0: Right.
1: And yet, less than seven days ago, I say no, and they're like, no, 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 no. We're gonna get you. We'll build something. What do you want to do? Cause we'll build that for you. That's how valuable we believe you are. Mm. So I was wrong. <laughs> and
0: What I also hear is these, I'll call them assumptions. I, I've been trying to decouple like, cause usually I would call them stories. It's like the stories we tell ourselves, the falsehoods. Yes. Yes. Th- these assumptions that we make are what actually is keeping us in our suffering. It's not yes. the actual, like if we drop down into this moment, all I see is beauty, right? All I yes. see is like, I have a wonderful space. I have a thriving sun. The sun is shining. It's spring. It's beautiful. And then what keeps us in our suffering is oh gosh, I have this to do and this to do, and this to do. I'm behind here. This needs to be done. Um, you know, who's going to want to read? I dropped my book in two months. Who's going to want to read a book by me about, you know, about spirituality and my my purpose and my journey and all this? And it's like, what keeps me in my suffering are these falsehoods that I tell myself that are outside of this moment. I don't know why I'm like stuck in the present moment, the, this, but I think that that's what I see the most, especially as we think about our human, our human collective who is suffering through this COVID, this, this languishing, right? We are... Mm-hmm we are suffering as a people. And it's not because the present moment doesn't have richness and divinity, it's because we don't know what's next. And it keeps us in our
1: suffering. It is also, in my opinion, when I look more at a macro level, the larger scope of the country right now, we are suffering because we believe falsely, that there is a separation between us and the love of God. Mm. And so because we believe we are separate from God, as opposed to the understanding that God is in each of us and that Mm. when our heart hurts or when we are confused or when we are lonely, that what we generally say is that we pray or we call on You don't have to call somebody that's in you, right? You don't have to page God. You don't have to send him a text message. He is already with you. You are him incarnate. Mm. So if you understand that there is nothing that separates you from God, and that he, he, source, is in me as he is in you, then now that means nothing separates me from you either. Mm. It's a lot harder to hate people when you understand you are uh, a, a finger on the same hand. Your thumb and your pinky don't hate each other. I would <laughs> think right? for some, they, yeah. <laughs> they, they work together to get it done. Right. It's not like, oh, I'm not speaking to the pinky, so we're not gonna turn that lid for you. But that, that doesn't happen ever, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it we yeah. No, please. We we have bought into the lie of scarcity. And and I do it too, right? We brought into the lie of scarcity. Oh my goodness, I want it right now. Will it get done? Is there enough? How am I gonna make that happen? I do that too. If we draw back into there, there is was a quote that I posted today by Maya Angelou. And it says, if one person plus God equals the majority, then what could stand against you? So what is impossible when you and God are the majority? The only thing that can stand between or up against or stop you and God is you. <laughs>
0: Do you mind if I share a story about, yes, about please. that? So please when I was deep, deep in my suffering with, um, in my marriage and I was just really anxious, medicated, um, and I was in a meditation with one of my spiritual teachers, uh, like a virtual meditation and I just started sobbing and I was, and the sentiment that really had washed over me is that i just felt like i was missing source i i was like let me see you why can't i see you i was so deep in my suffering that i felt like disconnected and again i had always felt as though source was separate from me and i was like come back to me you know like i was trying to draw source back and what source yes. had shown me in that moment And the way that I see source, because I'm clairvoyant and I see images is like this boundless like energy and golden shimmering light. And it got smaller and smaller and smaller and eventually came to the center of my chest, my heart center. And Mm -hmm. what source had told me in that moment was you see me every day. You see me when you look in the mirror, you see me when you're playing with your son, like you, I am you. So how, how could you miss me when I am a part of you? And that was so revolutionary for me because again, everything you're speaking to is we, we tend to believe that we are separate and it keeps us in our suffering. It keeps us thinking that source is this like unattainable, you know, on a pedestal that we have to do work to convene with Source when really Source is us. And again, and yes. if we can believe that, and if we can internalize that and actually feel that in our bones, then I have no conflict with you. Yes. I, I love that.
1: It, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I had a similar experience back in March where I was meditating. And my whole life, I have always felt as if I was a human, small H being, big B, right? So even though I know I agreed with Source to come here on this assignment, I think I kind of got here and was like, mm, you didn't tell me about all this. <laughs> I've <know."> been misinformed. <laughs> right? <laughs> And so most of my life, I have felt as if my spirit, my my sense of I has kind of been half in, half out of my life. Mm. Um, And I was in meditation this one particular day. And as I was meditating, um, God was speaking to me about just what you're talking about, about being in me. And I saw in my spirit a golden figure like you talk about. If you think of uh, the movies, it's like Tinkerbells, uh, Mm -hmm. Pixie Dust, right? Mm -hmm. The being that I saw that sat down between my heart and my solar plexus and and sat um, crisscross applesauce, if you will, um, was me. So it wasn't that God wasn't present in me. It's that I wasn't showing up in me. Mm. Oof. And, and to feel your spirit finally sit down. Ooh, I've got you. We're not going any place. Mm. I'm right here. Let's get to work. And, and to be in a place where The sitting down motion, there's something about the sitting down, like I am dwelling here with you now. Mm. You don't have to worry about me standing near the door (laughs) or running out the back or going to get the Amazon package off the porch, D. Mm -hmm. I'm here. (laughs) I'm sitting down. I'm with you. I'm anchored. And now what this also means for me, because I am empathic, in sitting down, in allowing my spirit to sit down within me, when I encounter other people's whose emotions are very strong, they used to take me all over the place. So if you were having a bad day, I could talk to you for five minutes and we both crying and I'm not helping you at all because I'm just over there now with you, right? No, I feel that. <laughs> I am anchored now. So if I talk with you and you are in a wounded place I can reach my hand out to your spirit and say, come here and sit in my lap. We're going to sit down together Mm. and I can anchor you and I can show up for you in a calm and peaceful way where I can acknowledge the validity of your hurt. Mm. Because sometimes what we do is we're like, Oh, that's not that bad. Come on. You can get over it. You're tough. You're strong. No, 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 no. Come here. Come here. Be hurt. Be hurt. I got you. Cry if you need I to. see I, got you. I
0: see you also sitting down with them you know it's like inviting <laughs> that sinking into the moment and what I also see is your pixie fairy dust that's your higher self that is yes. that is yes. your soul embodied right and so if we mm-hmm. if we take a moment to allow our higher selves to just sink into the center of our chest and just ground us and tether us so that this human life, this, Mm -hmm. this facade that we've all said yes to, to, to come here, right? Like we, we, we know we're staring at the matrix, right? We know that this Mm -hmm. isn't real life. So if we allow our higher selves to be the ones who not only connect us with source, but connect us to ourselves. And this—it's—it's ex- it's what keeps us grounded in our own being, capital B. But also grounded when we interact with others. Yes, I love that.
1: And if, if your listeners are um, visual learners, think that spirit sits legs crossed on the sun that is your solar plex- plexus. Mm. Mm. With its head, its crown resting and upholding your heart. That's how it sits down.
0: Beautiful.
1: That's how it sits Woo. down. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, gosh, I I love that so much, and thank you for that visual. I I always feel like we don't have enough time, um, but I do know <laughs> I want to let you go. So first, tell us what is your bumper sticker D? If you had a uh, little negative wisdom that you could just paste all over the world what would that be
1: the life that you desire is on the other side of fear Uh,
0: of course it was like beautiful and now i want to make that a bumper sticker (laughs) say it one more time for our listeners
1: the life that you desire is on the other side of fear.
0: And it requires leaning into leaning into it. Yes. Mm.
1: And and please know that fear doesn't go away. Or, or at least I have never reached a point. I, I'm not that enlightened <laughs> that I don't feel fear. It's just, I trust God more than I trust fear. Mm. So beautiful, D.
0: Oh. You're so wise, my friend. Tell us how they can get a hold of you. Instagram, give us your handle.
1: You can follow me on Instagram at D-E-E underscore Latrice. That's spelled L-E-T-R-I-C-E.
0: Ah, oh, beautiful D. Thank you so much for blessing us with your wisdom and your stories.
1: Thank you for having and- me
0: we will have to have you back yes, at some point.
1: Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. Universally yes.
0: Ah, oh, thank you. Take care. Be well. Oh my goodness. Friends, I continue to be in awe of the incredible souls that we bring into this podcast, today I'm sitting with this reverence for D. Latrice and all of the ways that not only she owns and tells her story, which is so beautiful, but also how she engages with her story in order to continue to live a life of purpose, a life of meaning, and a life where she is in service to not only her higher power, but also the human collective. I think this notion of the universal yes and the no's that are required in order to get to the yes, and also what we sacrifice to get to the universal yes, I am going to sit with those paradoxes those dualities for many days to come as i hope you will as well i think it really highlights the complexity of this work of living our soul's purpose of really stepping intentionally into our soul journey and being unapologetic about it looking different than we expected Ah, uh, I am so grateful you're here. Thank you again for your continued support. If you do want to get in touch with me, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. You can find me on all the socials at Shaman Leilani. But for now, be still my friends and live into your impact. So good to connect with you today and talk to you soon.